Clubhouse and Twitter Spaces, how social audio can be used for science communication. Welcome to episode number 10 of the Science Communication Accelerator podcast. Let's go. Unlike Zoom, where it's like a panel of people talking together where we have audio and video, social audio is just like only the audio being recorded or being the main focus of the content that's being developed. And you don't have to make your hair nice and wear nice clothes. It's just your voice. And, you know, there's nothing really you can do about your voice. Either you love it or you love it. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Science Communication Accelerator podcast. Today it's on social audio and what opportunities Clubhouse and Twitter spaces actually offer for science communication. When I was looking for someone with whom I could actually make this episode, there were not so many people around there. So I'm very happy for the, the lovely guest that I'm having here in the podcast today. She's a science video producer, science communicator and digital storyteller based in Nashville. She's got a bachelor's and a master's in chemistry and she's now pursuing a PhD in science communication at Vanderbilt University. What I like at her webpage is um, that she apparently is okay with making jokes about herself. So on the webpage it says, I'm a self-taught filmmaker, video editor, and anim animator, thanks to the YouTube University. So that, that's really nice. So welcome to the podcast, Stephanie Castillo. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> that's great to hear. That's cool. <laughs> just, to, just to let you know, this is the second time we start to record this podcast because we did it half an hour ago, but then my, uh, my, my recording... Uh, Yeah, software kind of died. So we're doing this again now, but you know, that's just, it, it can only get better, exactly. I guess. Isn't it, Stephanie? Hopefully it'll be more concise and that's like some effective <laughs> science communication we have there, just getting straight to the point. <laughs> Here we go. Be concise, be to the point. No, but I'm still going to ask you, because uh, Stephanie, what gets you up in the morning? So yeah, so right now, the main thing that kind of gets me up in the morning is the fact that I have four animals to take care of. <laughs> and so, <I> <laughs> Just to let you know, people, I see one of the animals right now as I see uh, Stephanie on the Zoom call. Yeah, so I have a, it, it's a cat. A black what's, cat what's... Um, whose name is, his name is Maui. He's the demigod of the land, but he's also the mm -hmm. most chaotic animal I have. Um, and then I have two uh, dogs and one other cat. His name is Apollo was also a demigod of music <laughs> i think what does demigod mean or i don't know it's just like like greek like greek kind of like uh like half god half mortal i think is what demigod oh, is ah, like i'm from yeah, moana yeah. i don't know whatever <laughs> but anyways <laughs> i was just looking at we're looking for that kind of theme when we're naming the animals but yeah i have four yeah. four pets to take care of so i have to get up feed them and let them use the bathroom and that's what gets me up in the morning <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. That's nice. Um, in the in the in the recording twenty minutes ago, um, I asked you the following question. I'm gonna just gonna ask you again because I I, I was really a bit impressed by the answer. Um, so I'm just gonna ask you again, like, what did you have a bachelor's and a master's in chemistry, and now you pursue a PhD in science communication? I was wondering, like, how did that transition happen? Yeah, and so I <laughs> I um I was actually pursuing a PhD in chemistry first. Uh, so right after earning my bachelor's in chemistry from University of Central Florida, I went straight into graduate school at Vanderbilt. Um, however, things didn't really go as I thought they were going to go. The first lab that I joined, although I loved the research, it just wasn't a good like mentor mentorship, like a uh, uh, mentorship match for me and, and mm. the advisor. And so 
in that point, I was kind of like questioning whether to continue on to, to do science or not. But I ended up turning to science YouTube or just YouTube in general as kind of like a creative outlet. So as someone who spends like way too many hours on YouTube, I love watching a lot of science content videos and realize that a lot of the people that I watch that generate like millions of views, that none of them look like me. And so I decided to create my own YouTube channel called Future Doctors mm -hmm. uh, with the mission to increase representation or change the face of science one video at a time. And um, in doing so, I ended up learning that um, these YouTubers that I looked up to and and, and, and kind of like admired uh, that they're actually considered science communicators and realized that science communication was a legit field. And so I was doing that as a creative outlet to kind of deal with, you know, the the, the imposter syndrome that happened when I was trying to trying to figure out the lab situation that I was in end up switching to a different lab within my department. But the more, but once I switched and started doing more, switched to a new lab, I was started doing more science communication and, and learning more about it, developing my brand and just loving everything that it, that I came with that ended up coming at the cost of my PhD. And so when it came mm. up to um, go to be candidacy, to defend, to become a PhD candidate in chemistry, ended up failing my exam and was left with the option to either retake the exam or to leave with my master's, but I was pretty stubborn and didn't want to leave <laughs> with just a master's. I wanted to continue to pursue my PhD. And mm. so one of my discussions after failing was to with the Dean of the Graduate School, where I learned that there is an interdisciplinary PhD program. And so I just had to come up with my own committee, have my own source of funding, and I pitched a science communication track for myself. And so now I'm a PhD mm. candidate in science communication, and I was able to turn my passion project or my side project of future doctors into my dissertation. Booyah. She got it. <laughs> when you were just talking about this, now, first of all, I appreciate that you actually just um, that you feel comfortable actually with sharing all the yeah this kind of story because it sounds as if there was probably quite some struggle involved and some, as you just said, imposter syndrome and like not feeling really great about yourself, your situation, and the future, I guess. And I just wanted to uh, yeah, thanks for being vulnerable here, um, because I feel very often academia is so like yeah, you have to publish so much and then you have to get the citations and only if you do this and this and this and that, then you'll eventually maybe be a professor because that's what we all aspire to. And it, it's not that easy. <laughs> it's not like, yeah, we all going to be professors. No, it's not. It's like 2% or something. So, and I, I, and, and it's a, it's a very competitive field. And for people who are not competitive or who are just like, just, yeah, it's okay to, to, to not follow the first shot that comes into mind. It's okay to change careers. It's, it's, you know, and I, that's why I just, yeah. Thanks for sharing that story because, um, I think that also needs representation. Like failing is normal. Failing is okay. Yeah. And also just kind of like, just, you know, just making sure that you're having people that are in your corner to, to like advocate yeah. for you and to like make, you know, we were mentioned before the podcast failed, we kind of talked about how like academia is this whole like sink or swim mentality where like you have to figure it out on yourself or you're out of luck. And so it's all about having the right people to support you and also like recognizing if it's not the place for you, it's not because of you. It's probably just like you're in the no. wrong field or in the wrong work environment for you to actually thrive in. And so um, it was important for me to recognize that like when I had a, when I was evaluating whether to stay or to go, like I, everyone was telling me like, you, you know, you're capable of earning your PhD in chemistry. Like you can keep doing it. We're going to, we're going to help you. But like deep in my gut, I just knew like, I'm deeply unhappy. I'm 
miserable yeah. and I'm like my mental health was taking a toll that I was like this is not the place for me and so I was happy that I was able to find new advisors and new committee members that were in support of me in support of my vision and what my goals are for the future and they're doing whatever it takes to make sure that I'm getting there yeah super cool and also that actually Vanderbilt has such a like an open PhD track if I understand that's correct yeah and I, yeah just to this to just to add to to that story of yours is like when I, when I started at Fraunhofer nine years ago eight years ago I had a very similar situation maybe not as rough like I didn't have to change my whole career but I was in a team where I was not really yeah I was just not in sync I feel with my team leader even though she had given me she had offered me the job but I'm not I was not sure why actually and it was like from the beginning on we couldn't yeah we were not in sync and then I had to hear like sentences like oh this is this is as little as people direct, who come directly from the university can only can only manage can only do like and I was like but that just hurt <laughs> so 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 and then I yeah you know and then I talked to my my boss boss and he was actually quite like he wanted to keep me so he actually saw something in me that I was at the time not seeing very much and then he made sure that I could go to another team and then I I don't want to say I thrive I throve I th what's the path of thriving I don't know um but it, it was just I felt so much more wel welcome more comfortable and I had the feeling yeah I could do something there so sometimes it's just a bad yeah it's just not right and it's okay to embrace that I guess and um yeah so thanks for thanks for making that yeah to share this, that story all right Stephanie let's go to the topic of the of uh, this week's podcast and that is social audio so um Yeah, let's let's just start. What is actually social audio? Maybe you just give us a little in uh, um, a little introduction to to that topic. Let's go. Yeah, so I think uh, unlike Zoom, uh, where we can is where it's like a panel of people talking together, where we have audio and video. You know, we can think of um, social audio as just like only only the audio that's being inter inter uh, being recorded or being the main focus of the content that's being developed. And so, yeah. um, kind of like a conference call or a three-way call, there's just multiple people that can be, uh, talking or just listening in and, um, just being hosted on these platforms that are only focused on audio. Yeah. And when like, so the, the most, the most not, uh, known app where actually social audio can be used is, is clubhouse. And, um, I think, Clubhouse started like the first time I remember it was like February 2021 so that's only six months ago and in the previous recording you said it was earlier in the states so uh, so and was it like here it was like a super wave and then it collapsed and no one uses it anymore is that the same thing in the states yeah yeah so I think it was um there was like chatter about it and oh I think I should remember like it was like in November of 2020 is when I first learned about it from a friend um where It was kind of like the peak of the pandemic. It was an, an exclusive to iPhones only, and it was only invite only. But it was it was a bit elitist, wasn't it? It's like okay, only the people who can afford paying a six hundred six hundred dollars for a phone or something, or eight hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. It's just kind of like iPhone costs. Like I have Android. I was I, w I only was I could only start like two months ago or something to actually use it yeah. if I wanted to. Yeah, and I think yeah. that was like one of the biggest criticisms that they got. But I think just the developers in terms of like how they developed the format, I think it was only you know the focus was only just doing it on iPhones, which was lame. But um, but yeah, but it was like an invite yeah. only, even in the name of itself, like it's a clubhouse, like you know. Mm. Um, but it was a place just kind of where different type of content creators or different types of experts or, or, or professions. They just kind of created their own communities to exchange ideas, to just have discussions. 
And what's nice about it is kind of like almost a, a level playing field where like you can be having a conversation or listening in on a conversation of someone you probably don't mm. have access to in the real life. Um, and just being either as a participant in the discussion or just listening in uh, through the audience. But um, yeah, there is entrepreneurships. There's people trying to do podcasts. Uh, I created a club about the science of science communication and other YouTubers and content creators kind of exchanging ways to develop their own content. So it was really nice mm. as, a, as a place to kind of um, an informal place to gather and only have to yeah. worry about your audio and kind of carry your phone everywhere. You're not limited or tied to your computer. Yeah, and you don't have to make your hair nice and or wear nice clothes. It's just your voice and, you know, who, like, there's nothing really you can do about your voice. Exactly. Either you love it or you love it. Exactly. <laughs> and since, since, since Clubhouse actually started, like, like making a lot of waves, there was a lot of other uh, apps that actually uh, built in, built, how do you, applications? How can you actually say that? Um, and uh, I, right before we actually started recording, I just uh, had a look at them and it's like, so it's Clubhouse. It was the first one to start. Then it, then also there is Discord stage channels, which I actually haven't used, but maybe you have. Then there is Facebook live audio rooms, Reddit talks, Slack huddles, um, Spotify green room, Telegram voice chats and Twitter spaces. So it's, 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 it's something that's been, I don't know if exploding is the right term, but there has been a lot of stuff going on over the last couple of months, actually, once people probably realized that Clubhouse was a thing and that social audio was a thing. Yeah, so Clubhouse is actually an app where you don't, you have to build up your own following. Like it's a new app, it's a new social social network kind of, but some of the other ones that I just mentioned, for instance, Twitter Spaces, there you can actually hook it up to, um, yeah, to, to, to your current following already. What, what are the upsides and the downsides when you were thinking about it, how, how to use these different types? Like, which would be more appealing to you? Yeah, well, now, before, before, like, before Twitter, Twitter Spaces didn't come around until, like, almost a year after Clubhouse has been around. And so... Um, so when it came, when Clubhouse first started, I think that was one thing that was kind of annoying. That's like, ah, oh, man, like I have to think about another Just social media another platform <laughs> that I have to like be present on to for. But I think, again, what the unique, unique selling point is the fact that you had access to different types of content. There was always a different type of like multiple club, like club rooms that were happening at the same time. And that I can create essentially my own club that people can follow and, and listen in, but it, you don't have to be necessarily subscribed to it to like have to know to, like know that it's going on. So anyone can stumble upon it, which was nice. Um, I think now if we're going to compare Clubhouse to Twitter Spaces, Twitter Spaces is going to be the place to go because it, you know, for instance, I have, it's not a lot, but I have like over a thousand <laughs> followers. And so at least 1.6, no. 1.8, I think it's somewhere there. Uh, and so I, 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 so then there, so I already know that there's going to be an audience there that, that will see that like, oh, like if you're following me and I put on my spaces, you're going to see that at the very top where like those stories, the Twitter stories are supposed to be too. Um, compared to like Clubhouse, unless you're following the club directly, you have to kind of stumble upon it to see, or you can promote it and announce that people, you know, to, to mm. cross promote on your other social media platforms or you're hosting these types of talks. Um, mm. But I think that's kind of like the pros and cons between those two, at least when it comes to audience. Yeah, it's like it, you kind of piggyback on the current following if you use Twitter Spaces, while yeah, Clubhouse is kind of hot. Apart from like I heard, I, I saw some people who actually served the wave when it was really a big thing and i think these people who build up following that makes sense to continue with clubhouse but i would also like 
if I, if I had to give advice to any research organization or researcher, I would probably always say, okay, use Twitter spaces because you already have some people who are actually kind of somewhat interested either in you or in your content. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So now we talked about like what social audio really is and we kind of had a look at the main two um, platforms or the main two um, like applications for that. Now we come to the to the magic question and that is how can we actually use social audio for for science communication because you know it's a science communication podcast. So like on a very general level what could be the goal of using Twitter spaces or Clubhouse instead of any other format or any other, other channel? Hmm. Compared to other channels is kind of difficult but it, I think I think, okay, so we're in our previous discussion where we're comparing it to like Instagram Live. And so like Instagram mm -hmm. Live, we have where, you know, you're limited to only like two, one to four people that can be on. And then everyone else just chatting in the little chat room space. That's, you know, depending on who's moderating or who's hosting, they're not going to, they can or cannot be like very in, like formally engaged in, in the conversation. Um, whereas like in Clubhouse, because there was kind of like a, an even playing field, you have, you know, people can raise their hands or you have people that are on the stage who are like the ones either hosting or moderating and then you have the audience members. And so people can raise their hands and be invited up to the stage. And it doesn't matter who you are, you know, as long as you're present, you can be invited up and you can have these kind of conversations. And so one yeah, example yeah. that was used for science communication, I believe Science Sam and some other Canadian officials uh, hosted kind of like a COVID conversation where, you know, they had these professionals that were other scientists that were like kind of on the forefronts or medical health professionals that were on the forefronts uh science and was moderating and they were just having people were able to like their people were able to be invited onto the stage to ask their questions about covid and they're able to kind of like have these kinds of discussions and mm -hmm. so um so it's kind of, you know it's almost like a radio when you think about it like when radio hosts they'll be like oh hey if you have a you know question for a listener just call this number and then people like call in to like voice their concern or tell their story like it's almost the same thing when it comes to clubhouse um and so um and then there is other avenues where people depending on like what so i i, I mentioned earlier at least you know there's Clubhouse space is about like entrepreneurship, you know, it's about like a specific type of field that you're in and ways that we can either mm. get into it, ways that we can learn from it, ways we can expand or network. That was kind of my approach when it came to the podcast, uh, the, this, the club that I, that I, that I started with my friend, Amanda Coletti, who's also a PhD candidate in science communication. And uh, we, our club was called the science of SciComm. And so our point was to kind of like share, like bridge the gap between theory and practice. And so as her and I are in the academic setting and we're, mm. you know, learning about this common theory, we invited people that were mostly in the practice of it or further along in their science communication career to kind of, you know, share their tips, their expertise, what they've learned and kind of, you know, have our listeners walk away with, with tools and techniques that, that they can implement to their own science communication. Like the first half hour was kind of ran like a podcast where it's just her and I or her and like the, the or me and like the guest speaker talking. And then we open it up to the public for them to ask any of their science communication specific questions. So I, think I think that, that makes good. super sense to like give them give them some kind of like knowledge injection and then open up the floor. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah. So those are kind of kind of the, the main the main thing It's very like call and ask or like call and answer types of a response call. Um, I forget, I don't know if that's what you call it, but um, call and response kind of engagement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But what, what I think is, is really nice about these social audio platforms in general is that 
while YouTube is very as how do you say it in English asynchron it's like mm -hmm. you publish it and people can pretty much choose when to actually consume your content um, and that's the same thing with Instagram that's the same thing like that's with YouTube uh, with Twitter stuff um, social audio is very synchronous meaning yeah. it's like you can actually give people access to you you can say okay in three days at eight o'clock in the evening I'll be online join me if you have questions or if you just want to have a chat um, exactly. and I f yeah and I feel that that that's that's maybe something that has been a little bit missing before yes you you mentioned um instagram instagram live yeah. um, but but again instagram live as we also just said it before is is could be seen as a bit more hierarchical while, while social uh, social um social audio is just yeah it's really flat <laughs> if you could say like it's really easy to invite people um and just, just have a have a proper chat um yeah on the other hand it's like i don't know how many how easy how easy was it for you to actually have listeners at clubhouse because i'm when i like i have like 1400 followers on twitter and i actually wrote down i'll be there and there at that time and it's not that a lot of people come <laughs> at least in my experience that might be connected to my content or me or whatever but i felt it was not that easy how was it for you yeah especially the fact that it was very exclusive to iphones for for some time um yeah think like the most I've ever had was like 20 people in a space. Okay, I was um, nine. I had nine. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I only got lucky because I invited one of like the big, earlier people that I invited was um, science, uh, Su Susanna Harris, who has a pretty large following on Twitter. And so when she promoted it, then that's how more people were able to get on. That's when we had like a, a good, a good large number, but it was very small. And so that's why I made the decision to because I knew it wasn't accessible to I, uh, to, uh, to everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and there were some people that were really like, you know, they, they address their con not concerns, but they were they're they're I don't know if resentment, but you know, they were they just comment DM me, but they're like, well, this is not accessible. Like this is unfair. That's only open yeah. to iPhone. So I'm just like, mm -hmm. okay, so I record my conversations that I have mm -hmm. on Clubhouse and repurpose them and posted them on my website where they live kind of permanently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I get these. Cons yeah, I think it's very like we'll come to that in a, in a minute, like how to actually record that and where it's possible and where it's not possible. But yeah, I also get some emails like, "Can you be more inclusive?" And I think it's super right that people actually make other people aware of it. For example, when you tweet something and you tweet a picture, um, and you don't, you know, there's people who can't uh, who can't see things, so they don't actually see what's on the picture. They just see that there's a picture, so it makes sense to actually. How do, you, how do you say it in English? Like to add it's a little description. Like caption or alternative yeah. text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And good. then you put in like an exclamation mark and a B into the tweet so that people actually know that there's a description um, or as you just said, a cap caption on the, on, the, on the picture. That's something I think makes super sense. But yeah, I guess you can always be more inclusive. So I think it's, it's valuable to try to be as inclusive as possible, but not to the point that you then don't um, create uh, content anymore. But uh, that's a double-edged sword somehow, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we just yeah we just talked a little bit okay in what kind of formats and and uh, we could use it actually for science communication and actually yeah uh, reaching out to the followings or I'm not sure I like following I, I think I like community better it's like it's not that these people follow you or me yeah. no it's just like the community that we that they know what we are about that yeah. topics and they are interested in these topics so now let's start into like the the, the more hands-on tips because you know I try to create this podcast episodes to have so much as much valuable valuable hands-on content for uh, for you people who are listening here so i also asked uh, stephanie to actually come up with some 
yeah, hands-on tips. So now we're just going to go through these hands-on tips from, from her. And the first one, I'm just going to throw them to you. So because you told them to me before. So, <laughs> so the first one is obvious and it's join Clubhouse or join Twitter. <laughs> what's about that? What about? What's coming? Yeah. Well, of course, <laughs> you know, um, you have to be in these spaces in order to create, to create, mm. to create content. Yeah. Um, what's nice about... Yeah, there, now it should be open to both. Like Twitter has been around for forever, so it's easy to join an account. Um, and after, um, to kind of start, create your own space, you do have to attend like three other spaces, I believe, before it's an option on your on your Twitter. And so like where you, where you create a caption or where you create a post, you hold it down and there's usually like a purple icon that represents the spaces. Yeah. And so that's how you kind of create your space there. With Clubhouse, I don't know if it's still invite only, but uh, you should be able to download it and just, you know, create your profile, link it to all your social media. And now you, before you have to request to create a club, but now it's, you can create a club on your own through your, through your settings. Yeah. Um, it would be funny if the, the only thing that you can actually do on the app would be, and then that you have to request it actually, that will be still funny. But yeah, in the beginning, they were a bit exclusive word there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Anything else? No, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, let's go to number two. So that's, that one is uh, figure out what your club is actually about. What do you mean with that? Yeah, so so at least for me, you know, th like thinking of science communication purposes, you know, we always have to make sure we're identifying our audience, knowing what our message is and like what we're going to talk about. And so for me, realizing that I can use, um, I wanted to create a space to kind of bring the science, communi science communication community together and use it as a way to exchange ideas. And so, you know, coming up with the name, the science of SciComm was kind of like where we started. Um, and so what's then that, and because you want to start like a club on um, a reoccurring club or a reoccurring meeting almost on Clubhouse is kind of how you go. With spaces, space is a little bit more informal where you can kind of just create a space whenever, but you still want to kind of promote when when and where people are going to come, uh, come to you and also like what is going to be the topic of discussion. Yeah, you have to, I think you have to put a headline on it or like a name yeah, of, the, yeah, of, the, of exactly, the Twitter spaces. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so have some kind of title and, um, and so that people, so people know exactly what the topic at hand is going to be about, but with anything, we know, what are your listeners going to leave with? What are your, like, what are you trying what knowledge are you trying to provide? What's the purpose of the discussion? Um, and what are the main objectives that you want to have with, mm. with the, with the, with the discussion that you have? Yeah, no, for sure. I like that too. And then number three is actually then determining the format um how you yeah what, what like you have to yeah, there's different types of formats obviously and it's like so stephanie walk us through what kind of formats come to your mind when you are uh, when you when you're creating or thinking about uh, creating a twitter spaces or a club yeah so at first it can be just kind of like um what i mentioned before like kind of like a call and response so like who are you if you're the one hosting the space it can just be open to anyone who wants to like anyone in the audience can invite them like can raise their hands to be invited on the stage in clubhouse mm -hmm. and so it can just be a casual discussion with with um with people you know wh whatever the topic is at hand you're at least moderating it you're moderating the discussion mm -hmm. maybe leading the questions and or answering questions that people have for you directly um i kind of came upon it in terms of like almost like a podcast where it was me and the expert that were talking, we had at least 30 minutes of back and forth learning about their past, learning about what they do as their work and like, and then 
going into the topic at hand, almost like what you and I are doing right now. Mm. But the second half of the chat, then we open it, open it up to the public so people can ask their questions to the expert, to myself, and just kind of have an open discussion about what we just talked about. Um, and then there's also kind of like the format almost of like having a panel, you know, you can invite um, multiple people to be kind of the experts or the people that you're inviting onto the stage um, and keeping it closed, but anyone has access to listen to it. Um, or you can have people again, kind of like have a, a, a moment where at the end of the panel or end of the discussion, open it up to the audience to ask their questions. And so um, those are kind of like the main formats that I can kind of think about. Yeah. Maybe we could also add this dimension of, of time. You know, you could like create it. You, you have a club or you have a Twitter space. It's just once, but you could also, you know, make it like every, every first Tuesday in a month or something. We talk about that and that topic at that and that time. And then you just kind of create a series. Um, maybe that, that could also be an idea um, just yeah for another format kind of. Yeah, Ad exactly. In addition to what you just mentioned before, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And I think it just depends on like what the uses that you want out of it. Like, are you wanting to, you know, are you wanting to build community through these online uh, platforms? Are you using this just as um, an extension to your already established thing? Um, yeah. And so at least for me in the science of SciComm, like we did it like at least every Saturday, every Saturday. And we did it for like three months. <laughs> Ooh, oh, yeah. Did you feel, did you, did you experience growth over time? Um, at least in the terms of like following and in terms of like the number of people following our club, but not yeah. very big growth um, mm. compared to some other uh, channels because yeah. we're yeah. still kind of like niche in our science communication topic. Obviously, we're super yeah. niche. Yeah. So but, I, I, I almost regretted actually having asked you that question because it's like that question directly leads you to comparing with others. And I think that doesn't even make a lot of sense because, you know, one follower, one one person in the community is better than zero. So it actually yeah, exactly. it doesn't really matter, is it? Yeah. So we had at least we had some usuals that, that tuned in and I, and I was able to network and connect with other people who like found me through Clubhouse and like, oh, my God, and like this is something that mm -hmm. I wish that I learned about or found and then like got personal followings from like Instagram, like that led eventually to Instagram or other feature collaborations, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and so. But yeah, and, I, and like you said, like it doesn't have to be at least to build an thinking of Clubhouse and spaces as like an extension to the community as in a different form that people can can connect together outside of just like post and having a one way conversation through what we post on our on our main content. Yeah. The fourth point is about sharing um, the content, because so as far as I know, it you know, these are these are apps that you use live and it's mm -hmm. it's like people who created them were not, you know, they were about the live experience and not so much about making them or using them to create podcasts. I think with, for instance, Spotify Greenroom, that's a bit different because Spotify is very strongly in the podcast business. So I think actually in Greenroom, it's quite easy to create, to make a podcast out of your you know, your your club, <laughs> if you want to use that word. Um, yeah. But, and I, I'm not sure actually, Twitter allows it, but you told me that there is some kind of a way actually to do that with Clubhouse to actually convert the, the content there or actually like record it. Would you mind sharing that? Yeah. And so kind of like when you think of like when you're having a phone call with a friend, like you don't want your friend to know that you're recording them. <laughs> and so I think that's kind of like the thought idea between Clubhouse to just have a very informal. It's not recorded so people can have a little bit like more vulnerable and more open conversations. But there is a workaround to recording it as long mm -hmm. as you have everyone who's on who's speaking knows that they're are aware that they're being recorded and are OK with yeah, it. Sure. 
should always make sure that that's the case, isn't it? Yeah. And so to um, respect the privacy of the people. <laughs> exactly. Because uh, I think that's what's kind of nice almost with some of the like there, I've been a part of some like really intimate um, clubhouse conversations talking about very hot topics. Um, and so knowing that it's not being recorded for the public, mm -hmm. people are, are a little bit more open to talking openly. Um, but at least for, for me, I had the intention knowing that not a lot of people had access to the clubhouse um, and we're still wanting to listen to the discussions that I have with my guest of like repurposing them either to a podcast or just hosting them permanently on my website. Mm -hmm. And so there is, you can either screen record, you can either use QuickTime if you're on a Mac to um, kind of screen record your phone and it's audio and then you can pretty much export the audio from from, from the video yeah, yeah. Um, I've tried like screen recording on my phone itself but you can't screen record your audio your audio and record your audio in a different app at the same time so it's going to give you like it's going to mute you when you try that aspect um, there's also this app called club deck which is specific for clubhouse and um, it, it's really nice. It pretty much is like a dashboard and it gives you the option to record your audio, even produce transcripts through Otter. Um, and that's another that's another software, isn't it? Otter. Otter. Yeah. Otter yeah. is like a AI transcription service for like yeah. going text or speech to text. OK, people, if you're listening to this right now, I'm going to put Otter into the show notes and also the other names that Stephanie mentioned that would where I think Amanda, Amanda Coletti, Sign Sam, and Susanna Harris. I'm Susanna. not sure. <laughs> Susanna Harris. I'll put them all into the show notes so you, you can find them and their uh, Twitter, Twitter handles in the show notes. Okay, okay, let's continue. Sorry. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, so those are ways that I, uh, Club Deck made it really easy to kind of like be, a, you can host, you can do your, or you can attend your clubhouse on your desktop and record your audio. So you can have like a higher quality microphones um, attached to your computer, whereas your phone, you're only relying kind of like on your... Oh, you can, so that means you can use it, you can access Clubhouse through a normal computer? I thought it's, an, it's, a, it's a mobile app only. Yeah, so through a Club Deck, you can. Ah, through Club Deck, you can. Ah, okay, okay. Yes, ah, yes. I'm learning stuff here. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then with Twitter spaces, same thing, Twitter spaces, there's no way to like record it. And I don't believe you're able to screen record your phone. Um, you can probably do the same workaround of like screen recording your phone through your computer through QuickTime. Mm. Um, but I just tested that um, you can request to act, like right when you're done hosting a clubhouse space, you can request to access your data from Twitter. And then with that, they'll send you like the, your data from like the last 30 days, last 30 or 60 days. And in that folder of your data, you'll have access to your, your recording for your oh, club nice. spaces. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that's really cool because then you can actually make use of that. Yeah. Because it is, it's so, it's probably really good content and it would be, yeah, it would be a, a, like a waste, not, not being able to actually use it, um, to repurpose it. Um, yeah. On, on your, on your pod, podcast or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So after I hosted, after I screen record or whatever my my clubhouse and I posted on my website permanently um, and with with the intentions of maybe repurposing it as a podcast, um, but also use that as a way to kind of promote people to like continue to listen to it. So like, you know, made yeah. into like cross promoting it on Instagram and Twitter. It's like, yeah. hey, this is a discussion that you missed. Listen here. By the way, make sure to tune in next time. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? 
Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, play, playing ping pong across uh, social media platforms is all, always makes sense. Isn't it like, for example, yeah, have a little Instagram post about a Twitter spaces that you hold the next day. Um, and then the people who follow you on Instagram see it and they might come join you on Twitter. You know, that's the game. Oh, I yeah. know it's always hard. I know it's like, man, I wish everything can be like all encompassing. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I think that's why it's nice now that Twitter has its own space um, or has Twitter spaces is not as it's different in terms of like finding content compared to clubhouse where clubhouse you know they have their search function or they have like their calendar where you can see mm -hmm. all the chat all the chats that are happening at the same time where twitter spaces you have to be following people yeah you know potentially hosting something. Hosting. yeah exactly yeah. in order for you to see these types of things it's kind of i think it's harder to kind of search spaces that are happening yeah, at yeah. on the other hand it's quite easy probably to find um, accounts that might put out the content stuff that you're interested in and then you just follow them anyways but yeah it's two different ways of like organizing data i guess yeah okay stephanie we're coming to an end more or less but there's this last uh, not, um, last point maybe of like is there anything um like very practical that you that we didn't talk about and i'm just going to start with it and my point is when you start a twitter spaces make sure to be there at least five better 10 minutes before it actually starts so that people who actually are on twitter see that you are in a twitter spaces and that they can actually come in because when i host a twitter spaces um and i just started like a minute before or like on it on the minute then i did all my talking this is what we're doing here today and then 10 minutes later people joined and had no idea what was actually going on here what other is there anything else very practical that you that you have in mind that comes to mind right now oh man i don't know that's fine <laughs> uh, i guess it's just like it's it's a little bit weird in terms of like you know there's always going to be people almost just like a panel there's always going to be someone that talks a little bit too much yeah. <laughs> you know or, or kind of rambles mm. you know so just be mindful of how many people you're inviting at the stage mm. kind of setting the ground rules and kind of the tone for the for mm. the conversation ahead of time so like For example, even though it's not directly related to science communication, like when I mentioned earlier that I was like in a more, I was part of a conversation that was a little bit more ho hotter and yeah. mm -hmm. controversial, I guess. Um, you know, it's being upfront, being like, this is a place where we're not discriminating against each other. We're being open-minded. We're listening to all of each other's things. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you're not talking, like mute yourself and that person that has the floor has the floor. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think just being intentional and setting the tone is going to help kind of navigate exactly the space that you're representing, the space that you're trying to create and like yeah. what will be, um, what's going to be tolerated and what's not going to be tolerated in these types yeah. of discussions. Yeah, I know. I get that. And I think that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What just came to mind for me, maybe last point is that if you don't have a lot of followers uh, that people like people joining you is um like i realized I, i i was like okay people are gonna ask questions and stuff and they didn't really do it so i guess it's like if, if it's a very controversial topic and you have a lot of people there as you just suggested that you had or like you know if, you, if you're just doing that i guess you could expect people to ask a lot of questions and if you have other topics very niche very small groups it could be that you know there's just no one or like one or two questions being asked Um, so and then it's really nice to actually have a partner with whom you can just have a chat and the others are listening instead of you just having to be like the entertainer, um, which can be hard uh, and straining a little bit. Exactly. Just kind of like, you know, just like a phone call conversation. <laughs> no one wants to talk on the phone by themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, that's all. But yeah, it's not a lot of fun to talk to yourself and to some people are listening. That's random. Yeah, exactly. Okay. 
cool how's your what what's coming up on your on your agenda in the next month and uh, concerning your your projects maybe concerning your phd uh, if there's anything that you want to uh, share like is uh, is there anything coming up where people could you know engage with you or like ha you know be on a clubhouse with you what's what's going on in your in your professional life in the next weeks stephanie uh taking a taking a little break from the podcast uh because i'm wrapping up my phd so i'm at the last stretch of it um cool. i am right now i'm looking for people who have access to undergraduate students who um so my dissertation is focused on representation in media and mm -hmm. different types of storytelling modes that can be productive uh that can be not productive, but like, what are the types of storytelling modes that under like young adults are interested in learning about? Are they learning about only about the science? Are they more interested about learning about the, the like the humanizing the scientists, learning about the scientists themselves? And so that's mm. part of my dissertation. So I'm looking for people to, or people that have access to students to take my survey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of it like- It needs to be undergrads. It needs to be undergraduate people. Undergrads or high school. But, okay. um, but yeah, but they're at least like freshmen, sophomore, undergraduates, the younger, the better. And if you, um, if you translate to the European system, it bachelor people are okay, isn't it? Because we don't yeah. really have this because your university is four years and ours is only three. <laughs> so, but up until 22 or something. Yeah. And the younger, they're the like, better. yeah, the first year of them being a part of like college <laughs> or university. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's only going to be, I'm trying to keep it close to the U S in terms oh, of just okay. analysis. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, I'm going to be sharing about that soon because I need to recruit students to take it. Um, and then I'm also organizing a conference called the STEM Success Summit, uh, mm. open to anybody and their STEM career is usually high school up to like early, early professional uh, career, but it's mostly a three day professional development conference where we're talking about Uh, science entrepreneurship, opportunities for funding, self uh, professional and personal development. Um, I'll send you a link to that, but it's going to be, it's free for people to register. Um, and we're going to be offering scholarships, but it's with me and eight other friends who kind of have this passion project to kind of, as we continue to climb up the ladder, just to make sure that we're bringing our community with us. Wow, that's, that's really, um, in German, I would say, Ehrenvoll, honorful. No, it's just, yeah, it's good to hear that you're doing that kind of stuff. If people want to join, for instance, that um, the, the, that conference, obviously they, they will see your um, how to con contact you on um, on show, in the show notes. However, maybe you want to just say, I know it's Future Doctors, but is it Future Doctors on all platforms? Is that correct? Yeah, so I got lucky in that sense. But yeah, I'm on um, Twitter. Instagram is my main house, even though I know that's also dying. <laughs> But Instagram, Twitter, Clubhouse, um, TikTok. You're on TikTok, cool. Not as much on TikTok either. But I'm trying yeah, to get yeah. better at it. TikTok intimidates me. <laughs> but it's future doctors with the PH um, yeah. on all platforms. Yeah, cool. No, yeah. So people, if you're interested in, in reaching out to Stephanie, I think um, it's it's very worthwhile interacting with her. And uh, yeah, you can see obviously when you follow me on Twitter, you could probably see that I retweet some stuff from her when stuff is coming up. So um, I think we're safe there. And your web web page is also futuredoctors.com dot something. Yes. Yes. Cool. Okay, Stephanie, thanks a lot for joining me today have, to have a chat about social audio. And I think we talked about actually quite some other stuff that also is valuable to to know about. And uh, maybe we were able to, you know lighten up some people who are listening here right now so thanks for joining me today on the science communication accelerator podcast take care goodbye 
folks that's it that was episode number 10 of the science communication accelerator podcast so six weeks ago i started this project and last week so after five weeks uh, the science communication accelerator podcast actually hit a thousand streams and i feel super flattered so uh, thank you for tuning in thank you for spending your time with the science communication accelerator podcast makes me really grateful for real The aim of this podcast is really to provide as much value to you, the listeners, as possible. So I don't do this for me. I really do it because I think science communication is important and I think we all can learn. And you are students and I'm a student of science communication uh, on social media and digital science communication overall. In order to be able to provide even more value, I would be really flattered and happy if you would send me a message either on Twitter or on LinkedIn or just an email. And the email would be julius at psychomax.com, psychomax only with one M. And in these messages, I would really appreciate to learn what you are actually thinking about, what you're struggling with, what are the things that you, yeah, that you are dealing with in day-to-day science communication life. And would it be that you, you don't know how to start, you don't know where to start, you don't know what format to use, you don't know how to implement a strategy or even develop a strategy. What is it what makes you not continue or what what stops you or what are the obstacles and um, if you send me these questions i would be super happy just you know learn about them and then produce content specifically about these topics because i think these are then the topics that actually would provide most value to you so that would be super cool and next week we'll have a new episode obviously as every week and next week it's going to be on tiktok so stay tuned and i'm looking forward to have you back on this podcast channel again take care bye bye